Welcome to the podcast series of the UNESCO Chair in Refugee Integration through Languages and the Arts. We bring you sounds to engage with you and invite you to think with us. This is the first episode in a series called What Does Community Mean to You? Made by Ken Gordon and Sadie Ryan. It's a series celebrating the power of community but also thinking about what happens when communities are put under strain. When people move from one place to another, moving away from the community they know and into a new one. When borders and visas separate us. When being within two metres of another person becomes dangerous. Can communities survive physical distance? How can we support each other when we can't stand beside each other? This is episode one. We're all allowed to be who we are. In this episode, you'll hear from Marjanina, a community worker and teacher. Dio, who runs the Bring Your Own Language project with Govan Community Project. Aga and Nell, who run the project Teach Me a Word You're Afraid to Forget with 16 Nicholson Street Gallery. And Shabita, a member of the Hidden Rhythms Band. If you'd like to find out more about any of the people or projects mentioned in this episode, you can find notes and links in the show notes. My name is Marzanna. I'm from Poland and I've lived in Scotland for over 12 years now. I've been fortunate to, to be surrounded by people from around the world and um, I've worked as a teacher, but also as a community worker. And I've taught English, but especially um, at the beginner level and at the literacy level. So um, working with people whom I have never been to school. At the moment, I work in the most diverse district in the whole Scotland. The area is called Govan Hill. It's, it's a place in Glasgow. And we've recently counted the languages spoken there, and there are at least 88. خیلی فعال و محیطی که زنده است و افراد در این محیط When I came to Scotland um, I knew very little English I had started learning prior to moving here but it wasn't really my choice to come here I mean not that I was forced it's just I was uh, I wanted to travel. I wanted to go out of Poland to learn uh, a new language and be among people from a different culture. That was always, I, I've always felt like that. But uh, because my friends from university uh, moved to Scotland, I had contacts here, so I, I moved. So, you know, I just didn't realize that it would be so hard. I knew I would be working in factories and um, 
because of course you need to have English to, to work somewhere else. Um, and I thought, I was very naive when I thought that I would learn English in, in the factories, but actually I was working only with the Polish people and uh, Latvian people with whom I could practice my Russian, but not English. And uh, the factory wasn't a place, it wasn't a community, it was a place to, to work. There was nothing that would be bringing the Scottish people together with Polish people and so on. So people weren't really mingling that much. There were like two two different groups, the, the host community and the immigrants. So that didn't feel like a community, of course, but that was a place where I would be mostly whenever possible, I would be um, having my earphones and listening to English programs and I was learning English um, like that. But uh, the only way I could feel that I was part of something was to do something that um, where I could use my skills. And I was a teacher. I was newly qualified uh, as a, a teacher of Polish language and literature. So I started volunteering at the Polish school and quickly I became a teacher there. Uh, so that felt my community, but that was only on Saturdays. And the rest was just work and then coming back. And I had, we had a very lovely uh, elderly Scottish neighbor. So she was very uh, good with us. And um, sometimes we would have a chat, but she was just only person. And I remember it took me two years to make my first British friend. Um, people were, were always friendly, but not friends. I remember I was feeling very lonely because of that, because I knew, um, you know, I was straight from university. At university, I was being used to discussing literature and just having fun and having discussions and, you know, joining in with whatever interest group I wanted. But here, my opportunities were very, very limited. And I wish I had had somebody who would have been, um, who would have taken care of me and just, I didn't even know that there were some befriending programs organized. I didn't know that there were some organizations who would bring people like me together. I All I knew was uh, that I had to work to make a living and I had to go to college and learn English. And that was my world. And that was very, very limiting. Now, that experience helps me to understand how people feel. I've taught English uh, around Glasgow, working um, with the lowest levels. And, you know, with if, if you come from a place where you've never been to school, um, you can't read or write in any language to um, even think of putting uh, the effort into le learning a language from scratch. I think it's so overwhelming for people that um, to make them stay and continue the classes, um, it's not easy because people have their priorities. They usually have families. They, you know, they they have commitments that they have to fulfill. So learning a language from scratch becomes. When you ha have children and maybe you're in your forties, fifties, sixties. It's not really that you would normally think about going to school as starting from scratch, because it actually feels, you know, learning the letters and uh, simple words that that uh, even children uh, in in primary school already know. You know, it's as a teacher, I always try not to be patronizing, 
because um, because it's it's very easy to be patronizing when you have an adult who who's been through a lot in life and you could learn a lot from them but you don't have a language in common uh, so many times my my students were saying you know I'm, I'm stupid i'm stupid you know people say things like that or i'm sorry i don't speak english when we come to a country to a new country sometimes not not um, because we wanted to but because the circumstances forced us to we find ourselves um, confined to an identity that usually is like this where are you from i'm from syria oh i'm sorry i don't speak english and that's it and this is your identity um, your country of origin because this is what you will understand and you will answer and um, and then you feel sorry and apologetic because you don't speak the language of your new country. And um, I always felt that uh, we need to do more to make people feel better because when they feel better about themselves and uh, when they have opportunities to show their talents, then they will become they will be more motivated to learn English and they, they will become the members of the society that they can be if they have the right opportunities. I was brought up mostly in a village um, where I was ex exposed to the Polish that is not the mainstream Polish. This is lots of dialects and lo lots of endearing expressions or quirky, funny expressions that you don't normally maybe hear in, in the mainstream language. So th this is something that uh, really brings beautiful memories, but also especially memories of my uh, dear grandmother, uh, who was, you know, the, the, the closest person I think that I've ever had. You know, I've noticed that I'm losing my Polish and that's heartbreaking because um, because not only that I studied Polish language and literature uh, at university in Poland, but also because I write, I used to write poetry in Polish, that the more I know English, the more I get to know English, the more um, I function in English, the more um, I lessen my Polish. So I suddenly, because I, I don't use the sophisticated vocabulary, you, you just lose it. Uh, I think it's called attrition, language attrition. So I, I find myself trapped in a way that I'm between two languages now, or even more than two, because I, I learn Arabic uh, very, very actively uh, and some other languages as well. So um, I, I cannot, I mean, how to say it? I love writing. And at the moment, I've written poems in English and I've written poems in Polish. I still feel that in English, there's so much that I need to explore in the language to be able to write the way I would have been writing in Polish if I had lived in Poland. Um, it's, it feels like a trap. It feels like I'm, I'm, too, I'm, I'm not able to use the language to its full potential and neither of my languages and this is yeah i find it heartbreaking sometimes i, I try not to think about it too much <laughs> but um that, that's why i think it's very very important to maintain your language 
Um, and that's why I think the, the Saturday schools are so important where the children can learn their heritage languages. So the, the Polish children learn the Polish schools. We have a Russian school. Um, we have an Iranian school, Arabic schools. And I think it's so, so important, especially if you come from a different alphabet. There are many, many people that I know who speak Urdu, but they don't write Urdu. Um, and so on. So I think it's so, so important to be able to um, dip into your roots whenever you wish to. Bring Your Own Language, BYOL, Glasgow started in May 2019 um, and the main intention was to work with uh, refugees and asylum seekers to give them all the necessary tools and then to ask them to determine a project that they would like to develop themselves with our support. they decided to develop a short film based on their own autobiographical writings and poems. It was a hard and emotionally, emotionally intense process. Um, the team had to handle for the very first time the emotional burden of uh, the experiences of every member of the group. Um, However, the end result uh, was a very rewarding one for all of us and representative of the personal journeys from homeland to Glasgow and the experiences they entailed for each and every one of those people in the group. It's really uh, a, str a struggle at the end of the day, you know, trying to uh, fit into a community while uh, you're not entirely certain whether they can properly understand what you're saying or when you can't really understand what, what they tell you. So with uh, the Bring Your Own Language uh, series, uh, we really wanted to empower those people who are in the midst of this struggle, like an everyday struggle to adjust, to adapt, to survive, to become better, to integrate, basically to to make to tell them that you know it's okay. You you come from a different culture, you speak a different language, you're going through those endless language lessons every day of the week, but be proud of your heritage, be proud of where you come from and your language. And there's no other way to celebrate it other than, you know, allowing you to speak your mind in your mother's tongue and be okay with it. Stories are a, a very important pillar in the formation and continuation of communities. And um, 
this is something we usually employ to make people realize the, the importance of uh, their community groups. Uh, telling a story about how you came to be, where you are today or who you are today is extremely important. And communities without stories would cease to exist. If it wasn't for the storyteller, the civilization will, would fall apart. And this is a big truth because um, out, like the world has, you know, if, if, we, if we look at it in a, in, a, in a very cynical way, the world is, um, it, it's not made of like unicorn dust. And we have the task to tell a story to ourselves every single day to make us uh, stronger and go through the everyday struggles that we have to deal with. So stories is what keep us alive, but keep humanity going forward and making progress. Uh, so um, this is this is a very very important element of uh, our programs, and we celebrate stories and we highlight them, and we create new ones as well, new narratives for our lives and for the things that happen around us. Growing older, I get to realize more and more the meaning and importance of communities. Changing flats, neighborhoods, cities throughout my life uh, makes me realize the importance of belonging somewhere, uh, rooting your identity in a specific place, uh, claiming that um, this particular place is yours and that's what I think community really means to me, feeling that you belong somewhere. Uh, and that can be anything. I, I recently joined an online um, community uh, where we basically discuss about history and geography. Uh, and being an active member of this group uh, had really uh, made an impact. It had an impact on me that I, I couldn't uh, expect. Like, I, it really made me feel that I belonged in a, in a community, even if that was a virtual one, and helped me really go through uh, stressful and lonely times during the pandemic. So I think this is the time to celebrate communities in any shape or form and um, highlight how important they are for our well-being and us telling a story for ourselves as well. The project we're working on is called Teach Me a Word You're Afraid to Forget. And um, we are collecting words from people in different languages, um, words that are um, words that people find significant in one way or another. And the way I was introducing it to 
um, to a lot of them was just trying to, it was actually quite difficult to find the right approach. I first said that people should think of a word that they want their neighbor to know. So for example, if like their neighbor, let's say, speaks Urdu and they speak uh, Arabic or some other you know, dialect, then is there a word they think would be really useful to just keep in their original languages because it, for example, carries a, a special sentimental meaning, meaning for them that, that wouldn't be translatable. At the core of the project, there's like a need to kind of um, level the cultural <laughs> value or like the, the linguistic uh, and cultural and significance of different languages we, 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 we basically use every day in the same area, in the same city, um, kind of acknowledging that uh, even though we live in a country that yeah, uses English as a means of communication, we have um, more than 50 languages that are used in one district of Glasgow uh, alone, like in Govan Hill. So for me, that was an eye-opening thing to learn that and, and to, to think of all these stories and all these words and all these memories that people might have. And, um, and yeah, and think of adaptation, I suppose, um, because one form of adaptation is to learn the language of the country you, you moved to. Um, and I feel maybe it should be more of an exchange um, and sharing of different concepts and words than just just translating everything. I think that's a really interesting part of the project is thinking about the ways that language can currently be seen. I don't know, a lot of people see it as a barrier or, or when you, particularly when you move to a new place or they see it as a, a signifier of somebody being different from somebody that they would be able to communicate with. So I think like any working on a project that's trying to, trying to set up an exchange between perhaps cultures or individuals that feel like they're divided by this kind of barrier is really important. And I think like showing the two sides of language where, yeah, it's is a signifier of belonging to a particular place. And it's obviously really important for people to hold on to that. And that's kind of the idea of this teach me a word is, is you don't want to forget these things when you move somewhere new. Um, but it's also it shouldn't always be something that keeps you to yourself and keeps you moving within a community that is only only speaks your language. So this idea of teaching, I think, is really important rather than kind of an idea of translating. But teaching is has a really important signification of, of sharing knowledge and maybe that idea of care that's needed to to try and broach a cultural difference and explain why things you might do things in a different way or you might see things in a different way to another person so it's not just we're not trying to sort of translate things directly we're trying to deal in words that aren't directly translatable 
um, languages allow us to recognize bonds we share um, as a community. But uh, what interests me in this project especially is not necessarily consolidating the communities based on their languages, and but more um, actually bring bring the languages out from the communities uh, and, and and exchange like create a, a space for exchange create a, like a space between all these languages where we can show the words that have meaning to to us and um, maybe adopt them um, and there are, there's lots of there are lots of examples of words being adapted from one language to another um, in in like hundreds years ago, hundreds of years ago and and contemporary um, so I think what excites me is that we might create a space where um, the belonging the sense of belonging will be expanded to um, to this international um, multilingual diverse um, space where we're not all speaking the same language, but we're all learning about each other's languages and we're all adapting. It's not just that the minority is going to adapt to the English-speaking community, it's that we all can adapt to one another and we can impact how we speak and we can impact how we understand each other with just like teaching each other one word. It could be that easy. and. Obviously, it's not that easy only, but, but I think it's an exciting concept to work towards. I'm going family پری جوان کوي او په فامیل کې هم په فامیل کې داسې یو سوبي چې یو روي چې هغه είναι μια κινητήριος δύναμη ε, στο να προχωρήσει και να εξελιχθεί ε, και να νιώσει ότι ανήκει κάποιο. Ο άνθρωπος δεν, δεν υπάρχει. So my name is Shubita. Um, I am a student. I study physics, um, and on my spare time when I'm not studying, I'm in. I'm with like a bunch of girls, and we have like a group 
where we do music and we write and perform music and we write plays and things as well. So, yeah. So we used to go to the YCSA, which is um, a charity that works with uh, young people, mostly with like uh, young people from black and ethnic minority communities, and and yeah, that's kind of where it all started from. We, so we wrote We Are The Sun, uh, all of us wrote it together, so, um, and I think the idea at the time was we, uh, we had a piece of paper and we do, like, we drew our hands, uh, we drew the outline of our hands on uh, the paper, and uh, the idea was to fill that outline with, like, all the different identities and things that you have. So like I'm a mother, I'm a daughter, I'm a sister, I'm uh, I am, and someone wrote things like uh, I am a bear, I'm a son, like metaphorical things as well, you know. And we're all a mix of these identities, like or all 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 of these things at once. So we combine them all together into a into a song. <laughs> And because like a lot of us speak lots of different languages as well, so we thought we'd try saying some of those things in. Uh, we'd, we'd try to incorporate like uh, some of the languages that uh, that we speak um, into the song as well, because that's also part of who we are. good friends and we we call ourselves the sisters that's like one of the it just, like it kind of was just the name that came during the when we were making some of the music we're still like really good friends ever since that first meeting at the YCSA and we've like had so many we've grown together I guess we've like shared so many so much stuff has happened together uh uh, to all of us, I guess, since then, and we've all like shared each other's moments, and like we've been part of everyone's lives and things, and like all these moment, huge things, momentous decisions, and momentous things have happened, and it's like, yeah, we're we're pretty close. <laughs> I don't think I like at the time when I went to YCS, I wasn't really thinking of songwriting or anything. I was just like, I need to meet people. <laughs> I need to talk to someone other than my four walls because even they're getting bored of me. <laughs> like before, I, I guess for me, before I went into YCS, I wasn't really, um, I like for a while I used to be this person who like, uh, I used to love watching films and, um, reading books and listening to music and a lot of artsy kind of artsy kind of things um 
and I, I don't know at that time like a lot of the things that I used to do I'd kind of not been doing them and I'd sort of forgotten about them um, and they weren't really a big part of my life and I don't know it felt kind of like a lot of things were missing and I couldn't really put my finger on what it was because I totally forgotten. And um, and then I met, and then I started going to the group and like um, through I don't know serendipity or whatever it is, it just started to uh, yeah we found a sense of community and like from that it 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 just gave like a starting point to start uh, doing music and. I don't know, like reading books and uh, watching films and things again and just started to, so, yeah, yeah. So it kind of like solidified uh, as well. Uh, the community brought the music, like the, the, the community was definitely a starting point for to make the music, but also the music kind of solidified it as well. Cause there's something kind of special in being in just collaborating with someone and most of the songs are the we wrote are like really personal songs um like you know they weren't about cats and dogs or sunshine um they were about like quite personal things and we sort of were able to connect with people uh with other with our uh with each other through that i think i don't know Um, so in that particular session we decided that we all wanted to work together as a group um, instead of just write our own songs. Um, it actually took a while uh, to come up with a song I think because sometimes it's just like so many people in one group uh, it's kind of hard to uh, to come up with like to write together. Um, um, and we didn't like we couldn't think of an idea for a while uh, we couldn't think of what do you want to like what do we want the song to be about and I guess we just uh, started like thinking about things that we had in common with one another with each other because other than well, well we're all women <laughs> what else do we have in common other than that and I guess we just started talking about all the experiences and things that we'd have, like we have as I guess as women and as like, or as humans and like all the things you know, like you were when you hear like lots of us, lots of people I think um, have heard those things like you are not enough, and you feel a bit insecure and you feel we have like sometimes we have tendency to compare ourselves with other people and. Uh, find fault within ourselves and you and I think that was like a common experience that all of us had um, and we never um, not that I wouldn't say we never but like we didn't maybe not everyone heard the uh, the positive enough as in like yes you are enough um, and it, all that you are is perfect and you don't need to be like anyone else so we just thought maybe we'll write a song about that and if someone who is 
like us um, is struggling a little bit, maybe it would be a nice message to send out to someone like that. Uh, I think, to me, community is when we all kind of live together and we're all we're all allowed to be who we are and we're all allowed to express our own individuality and not uh, and not have to worry about it and we're kind of accepted and also we're allowed that individuality is allowed to be part of the community um, and and that kind of makes it like um, everyone's different and everyone has their own personality and their own quirks and, and they all kind of merge together uh, with their own individualities into this kind of fabric and uh, and together that kind of makes a community it makes an interesting community I think that way This episode was made by Ken who makes the podcast Refugee Voices Scotland and Sadie who makes the podcast Accentricity Thanks to our interviewees, Marjanina, Dio, Aga, Nell and Chibita. Thanks also to Bella. The show notes contain links to their works, links to our other podcasts and to more information about the UNESCO Chair for Refugee Integration through Languages and the Arts. In episode two, you'll hear from a songwriter, a member of the team at Glasgow Night Shelter, a four-year-old child and a Glasgow emigrant living in the Czech Republic. Thank you for listening and goodbye. Thank you for listening to the podcast of the UNESCO Chair in Refugee Integration Through Languages and Arts. A podcast series to make you think. More information about work can be found on the website of the University of Glasgow, www.gla.ac.uk. Thank you very much.